You're visiting the mom next door and our stories of faith. I'm glad you dropped by for a visit. Please stay a while and hear what the Lord has done in the lives of moms just like you and me. Hi, welcome to the Mom Next Door, Stories of Faith. And today I have with me my friend Nancy, who has been busy with foster care on and off throughout the years. And I've asked her to come join us and tell us a little bit of her story and her journey in foster care. So to start out, Nancy, I was just going to see if you could tell me how you met Robbie. How did you meet your husband? And, and maybe a little bit of the background about your family, your children. Um, well, I met my husband working at a summer camp when I was 16 and he was 18. Um, we started dating that next year and we were married a couple years after that. Um, we got married when I was 19 and he was 21. Uh, we have five biological kids and a couple more that we were foster parents to that we never adopted, but we're still in their lives um, a good majority of the time. Yeah, and that is why one reason why I thought you'd be such a great person to talk to about this topic, because I know it wasn't like um, we fostered, we had them for, and we were done. They, they carried on in your heart. You've, you've stayed in connection with them, and you still have a relationship with those children, from what I understand. Yes. Yeah, always their mama in a special way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so what sparked your interest in foster care in the start? How did you, how did you get started? Like how you heard the need or you just always had this instilled in like you've always wanted to do it or how did you come about deciding? Well, we never actually started out with the state to be foster parents. Um, growing up, my neighbors, they were foster parents and they adopted and that really gave me a heart for adoption. Um, I saw the pain that, uh, that happens when foster kids leave. And that mm -hmm. really hit me hard. And I didn't want to live that. So we, um, we actually got certified to be an adoptive placement. We were, they call it a front door family. Um, and we weren't going to do foster care. We were just going to have children placed in our home, which it still would be foster care until an adoption is finalized. But we had no interest in just being foster parents. Um, but God had other plans and he dropped uh, children in our laps a couple of times um, to be foster parents for. And that's just how, uh, how the Lord uh, gave it to us. It's funny because we, we have an idea of how we think things are going to run and what we think is going to happen. And then, and then we find out God's like, well, I was just warming you up for something. And, and I really, I have exactly. a really awesome plan for you that you, you did not even imagine. So, yes. so the age, the first time, so you've done a couple different groups. You've had some sibling groups and some individual ones, right? Okay. Yeah. So, um, when we were first certified, we sent our home study in for several children um, for a committee to look at. Um, and we did that for a while. 
um, we went to committee a couple of times and we're just kind of in the waiting uh, phase. And then there was actually a, a foster child that we knew that needed a new foster placement. And so we, we knew him really well. I had babysat him and that's just how it happened. We, um, we called our caseworker, his other foster parents called their caseworker and we made it happen. Um, and we had him for about two and a half months. Um, was that at that point where you, were you still thinking adoption or was that point, it was at the point where you started to be like, well, maybe we will just do foster and not carry it all the way through to adoption. Um, well with him, it was, um, there was a possibility of him going to a adoptive placement where a couple of his biological siblings um, had gone, but there was a chance of him being uh, up for adoption. And so that's why we took him is because since we already knew him um, right. and had known him since he was a baby, that um, could have been a good situation. And so we took him cause he needed a place to be and there was a, a potential um, right. to adopt. And so at that point, that's, we took him cause he needed a place to land. Um, and we weren't really veering off the course at all. Um, he eventually, paperwork did come through. He was able to be adopted with his siblings, which was fantastic. Um, and it was actually the same week that all of that was happening. Um, a friend that I attended church with in the past, messaged me and said, hey, I saw that your little guy is um, going to the home that his siblings went to and you're going to have openings. She said, my husband is a caseworker um, in our county and he's really needing a home for um, a toddler and a baby that's due in the next couple of months is there any chance that I could give him your information? And, you know, I always jump at those chances. I would have said yes on the spot, but I called my husband and he, he said, he's like, well, you know, I don't think so. He, you know, it was just still kind of raw with our first foster placement and the potential of keeping him, um, you know, the little guy that we'd known for so long. Um, and so we were just still kind of, uh, reeling from how fast all of that happened. Um, and so I, I told him, I said, well, I don't want to tell them no. Why don't you sleep on it and pray about it and we'll talk about it tomorrow. And we just left it alone. Um, and in the morning, my phone started ringing and it was DHS. And I texted my husband and I said, they're calling. Uh, what should I tell them? And he said, sure, why not? Let's do it. <laughs> and so, <laughs> right. Yeah. And yeah. so I said, well, so sleeping on it, uh, sleeping on it helped, huh? And I mean, he wanted to admit that obviously, but <laughs> um, yeah, so we, we moved forward with it. Um, and that weekend we transitioned our little guy to his foster or his adoptive placement, which was in another state. So it, it was pretty quick. Um, and then that next 
Monday or Tuesday, I picked up our two and a half year old. And that was actually the day that his baby brother was born. And the next day I picked up his baby brother from the hospital. Oh, wow. So that moved like really quickly for you. Yes. (laughs) We were not sure when baby was due. Um, We were expecting him about four to eight weeks later, but he, he came the same day that I got big brother. Wow. And was, so was he preemie? Did he, it was a little bit like you didn't have to stay in the NICU with him or anything. He he was not preemie. Um, There was just some confusion on DHS's part as to when he was due. Right. So, okay. So, so then you have these two little ones and at the time how you didn't have all your biological at that time, you had how many? We had two biological children. So when our youngest foster was born, we had a three and a half year old and then our two and a half year old foster, a 14 month old, and then um, the newborn foster. So we had four, three and under for quite some time. Yeah, you did. I had four, three and under, but it was only for six weeks. And then, because <laughs> my twins were born when my oldest was almost four. And so I, it was like six weeks from the time my twins were born until my oldest turned four. So yeah, but those are like so, bu- such busy times where it's like, um, keep the diaper bag filled, keep, you know, like you're just barely doing stuff, but wow, God comes through and he covers it and gives you the energy and what you need to, to focus on the people that he gives you. Yes. So what, what was a challenge? Like what was the biggest challenge of jumping from, cause then you, you kind of went from two children to three. Well, you did, you did two to then three, then to four. It was just mm-hmm. two to three minus one back to two. <laughs> so yeah, we, we went like two days with back to two. <laughs> right. Right. So what was the, I hear people say that the biggest transition is going from two to three, mm-hmm. but you, you like me kind of went from two to four. Yeah. So how was that? You have any adjustment things? Um, honestly, everything happened so quickly. We kind of just had to jump straight into survival mode. Um, because it takes a lot to have four that young, but in a way there's things that are easier because they're all close to the same age. They're all doing close to the same things. You don't have teenagers and middle-aged kiddos and toddlers. And so in that aspect, it's easier. The main struggle was having all of the different appointments. We had appointments with doctors. Our, our youngest foster had um, some breathing issues, um, asthma, and he got a lot of respiratory infections. And so we had a lot of doctor's appointments. Um, he had ear tubes placed at one point um, just because all of, all of his health issues were causing um, inflammation in his ears. Um, and then, you know, lawyer's appointments, court dates, um, visits with bio parents, all of that um, is the biggest struggle, um, is is working within the system, especially when you have other children. Um, So we relied a lot on babysitters. And I 
it, I find it very difficult to ask for help from anyone, but I had to learn very quickly to ask whenever I needed help. That's what I was going to ask. I was going to say to go on that jump so quickly. And I hadn't even thought about all the different appointments and Mm -hmm. lawyers and court dates and stuff. So do you feel like you were supported well by your community? Did, where did that support come from? Probably a little bit from your family and a little bit from church or were you kind of having to pay out a pocket babysitter? Um, we, we did once, um, at one point we started having, uh, twice weekly babysitters, um, and house cleaning help, but that it took a while to get to that point. Um, we actually moved in the middle of all of it because we lived in a town that was far away from the DHS office and we had church in that city as well. And so there were actually several days where I drove back and forth the 30, 40 minute drive like three times in one day. And at that point we said, okay, we need to just move. And so we moved about 10 minutes away from the DHS office and 20 minutes away from church. And it was fantastic. Um, But yeah, we really had a lot of help. Um, People, you know, I did learn to ask, but people said yes. And people really came out of the woodwork, people that I had never um, had any help from before were very, very fantastic. When we picked up our little guys, we even had a meal train started for us, which is not super common in the foster care world, um, at least from my experience, is there's not a lot of celebration when a new child comes in, because sometimes they can just come and go and come and go. And so um, we had a lot of support from the get-go. What I love that I'm hearing is too, uh, so, t- so many times I think people look at children and think, well, if I have another child uh, or if I adopt a child or if I foster a child, they're just going to have to fit into my life. They're going to have to fit into my lifestyle. They're going to have to, you know, what room in my physical um, house is there going to be for them to to take part, but I, I just love your heart in you're saying, I'm here for these babies, I'm here for these children, and um, the children are what comes first, and our household may change. I mean, you, you completely moved to a different city to be closer to um, take care of their needs and have their appointments and, and deal with the logistics of that, instead of saying, you know, this just isn't working. We're living too far out. Uh, we're just going to be done with this. You guys, it's like you put the children are what, what is important. And if God has laid it on your heart to minister to these children, there's all these creative solutions and, um, and the body of Christ to come around you and, and make it happen. And I just, I love that. And see, yeah, that's the thing is you, when you're a foster parent, you really have to be all in, which um, not exactly sure how to word this, but a lot of people said to us, well, I couldn't be a foster parent because I would get too attached. It would be too hard to let the children go. Um, and I just don't want to do that. But the thing is, is these children, they need you to become attached. They need you to be completely gutted when they leave. They need 
that kind of attachment because that's not something they've ever had. They need people that will act and feel like their true parents. And so a, a lot of times people would say that to me and I would say, well, if you feel that way, you're the kind of person that probably should be a foster parent. If you oh, feel yeah. like you would be too attached, I mean, I don't, there's not a such, <laughs> there's not a thing as too attached, um, in my opinion, but we, you really need those people that will do everything for those children. We really, really need that. And it's not just you all in when, when you as mom and dad go all in and you, um, commit to, to parent these foster children, mm-hmm. then they're also siblings to your other children, which means it's really, you've, you've, you're sharing that servant's heart and that care for the least of these kind of thing. And, and you're able to, it's a family ministry where you guys are all like, Hey, we're all in. And I'm sure that that's another thing that, you know, I have never you know, had, we think about, well, how's mom doing after the foster care, the, the children end up going back to, or, and the goal is reunification. I know it's like the, yes. the best thing that can happen is for the parents to go or the children to go back to their biological parents. Like that's the dream. Yes. Um, and so it's like rejoicing in that, but then even I'm sure helping your own children, your biological children navigate, um, wow, you know, this is a loss, but yet we're happy for them. It's a loss for us, but we're so happy that they can be with their mom and dad or, or one of those too. So. Yes, there's definitely extra layers to, if you're a foster parent and you have other children in the home, um, there's a lot of extra things that you have to think about and work through. Right. So what would, what would be, if somebody was considering fostering, what kind of advice would you give them? Like what kind of things do they need to, is there like a, a list, like you're thinking about doing this and these are the factors you need to consider. Or you just kind of, if God puts it on your heart, then you just figure it out as you go along or as. Yes. When we first started considering um, adopting through the state. The first thing that we did was attend an information session. It wasn't foster care training. It wasn't um, anything big. It was a, at a coffee shop um, downtown. And one of the uh, PR guys from DHS just had an info night. And we went to that. Um, and that told us a lot of what we needed to know. My Probably my number one piece of advice, besides just talking to foster parents that have gone through it and, you know, talking to all your friends that have done it before, is go get trained. There's, there's foster care training. You can do it through your county or you can do it through the Boys and Girls Club. Um, I, I think it's been years. And so I, I think it's the Boys and Girls Club that can offer training. But even if you don't decide to pursue foster care adoption through the state, going through that training um, is fantastic and can help you decide if that's something you want to pursue or not. And, And I'd imagine that would really give you, like if I was to go through that, 
And I chose not to in the end afterwards, Mm -hmm. after going through that training, it would definitely give me a view into the life of foster care and all the components. And it might make me a better friend or a better support to those who are doing it because I would kind of understand a little bit more of. So how, how has this whole journey just grown your faith? What are, are are there some good spiritual lessons that you've learned and the Lord has just shown up and shown himself to you in a new way because of this? Um, definitely. Yes. Um, there's a lot that I, I, I feel like I'm very different now than I was when I started, um, our foster care journey, just because God teaches you so much through it. And I'll, try to touch on a couple points. Um, well, you but, probably have way more than we could ever fit on this one thing. Yes. I'm, I'm sure that it's like buckets and buckets of stories. Um, one of the main things that I have, I have learned, or I'll say is that when I started um, our foster care journey, I was, I had a very hard heart towards biological parents because in my um, experience with foster children growing up you know our neighbors were foster parents um they came from some really bad situations and some very abusive families um and so I didn't really see beyond that and even when we got um our first placements it was very difficult to um to think kindly towards towards the biological parents and what I what I learned really is to have a lot of grace and a lot of love towards them because all in all there's so many different reasons as to why um the state steps in to um have your children in foster care and many, many different reasons why parents can't parent for a time or for the long haul. And so, um, at least in our cases, there, there was not abuse. Um, there were a lot of different reasons why they couldn't parent at that time. Um, but I I guess you could say my heart has just softened towards them. Um, you know, we still, we still know the biological parents that we were foster parents for, and they they have hearts of gold. I mean, you're you're a lot less likely to make assumptions about somebody mm-hmm. when you know their story and you mm-hmm. you kind of hear their hearts, and and maybe this is a situation that's gone on, and and they can use some help. But to just if once you know them, then it yeah, it does soften your heart. Mm-hmm. So developing that compassion and seeing people with new eyes is something that is applicable in all areas of our life. And I, I can just imagine if we all had a little more of that compassion in us, that we would just grow our community in a huge way. So I haven't gone through all that training. I haven't had foster children in my home So help me understand what could I do as just another believer that sees you being a foster parent? How can I come around you and support you? How can I um, just bless you for what you're doing and and in what you're doing to to, cheer you on and keep you going? Um, 
a lot of the best ways, um, especially if you know someone personally that's a foster parent, is just treat it as someone that just had a baby and take them a care package, you know, take them some items that, you know, mom could relax a little bit or... Um, I saw a lot of coffee deliveries going to your house. Yes. Coffee deliveries are fantastic, <laughs> especially when you're running to all ends of the town all day long. Um, take a meal, um, offer to babysit. Babysitting is um, up to foster parents, at least in our county. they We didn't have to have certified babysitters um, licensed through the state or anything like that. Um, it was kind of our prerogative who we wanted to babysit. And if you don't personally know someone that's a foster family, you can be involved um, without becoming a foster parent. You can be a respite provider, which that can be anything from babysitting here and there to keeping kids for a weekend or keeping kids for longer than that. And so um, you do have to go through some training. So what if I... What if I'm not going to be like hands on, like my hands are full. I'm not going to be able to go be a hands on care provider, even respite. But I love the heart of what you're doing. I love children and I do want to invest in them. Is it helpful to like pick up? I, I would imagine even picking up a package of wipes or bringing in, you know, giving a book or some other thing. There's that's probably the tangible items are important too, aren't they? Yeah. And I mean, especially things like consumable things like diapers and wipes, you know, each county does, um, does provide a small stipend for, um, the children's needs, but that's not always enough. I mean, a lot of the times it covers a lot of the basics, but, um, for a while, our foster son, he was on a very specialized formula, something that um, WIC wouldn't cover. Um, so we covered it out of pocket. And so the stipend was very helpful. So yeah, wipes, stuff like that. And like you said, a book, um, you know, little things for the kids. I mean, the foster kiddos have been through so much, anything to show them love and show them a little bit of normalcy um, is fantastic. And I think sometimes we're afraid. Like how many times, uh, how many years have I known you I've known you for a lot of years, but, and I've known you've done foster care, but to actually say, Hey, would you sit down and have a conversation with me about it? We've never done that. And I've known you for probably almost 10 years. And so I, that's something that maybe we could do is engage in those conversations to even say, Hey, I know you're doing this. What do you need? Like, how can I be supportive and finding those people? And if you don't have somebody that you directly know, my guess is if you go to your own local church or another local church and just ask them, hey, can I can connect me? I want to know, is there a family that I can bless? Then that would be a huge, a huge help to connect and to be able to support foster care. When you sign up to foster care, mm -hmm. then your child, the children you bring in, they are getting different therapies and different, mm -hmm. that type, type of thing. Do you have some sort of ongoing, is there a continuing ed that you do? Um, you do have to keep your training and certification up. And so after a certain period of time, you have to redo the training. Um, 
there are foster parent support groups um, in our county of some of the bigger churches. It's changed the church that does it. Um, they do foster parent nights out so that foster parents can get a little bit, bit of a break. Um, they can, you know, spend some time with other foster parents, have a meal prepared for them, um, things like that. There's also um, more along the lines of a break, not continuing education. There's respite providers available. Um, so if you need a night or so away just to uh, recuperate, you can find a respite provider. We never utilized any of that because we had friends and family and our church family that was behind us. And if we ever um, needed a babysitter, we always had one. We never took trips without our foster children. Um, if we went on a trip, we got the clearance to take them with us because we felt very strongly about them being part of the family. And so we took them with us. But I do understand if you have older foster children, um, some children that have been through a lot of trauma, a lot of hardship, there's sometimes you do need a break. Um, and so I understand where those respite, respite providers come into play. And so the respite providers would also have gone through all the foster care training yes. and they would kind of be like, you were a long-term foster care parent, but there are mm -hmm. some who even just do respite and, and can take children for shorter. It's like foster care for the children when the foster care families need a break from what I understand. Yeah, no, I, I know people who are just respite providers. And so you know, occasionally, like there's, there's a list. Um, our, our county had a list of respite providers, or if you knew somebody, you could go with them. Um, but basically, they're just more along the lines of a trained babysitter. Right. And, and I think if I remember right, because we've been at some events together, and, I, and it seems to me that when you are fostering a child, you can't just say, uh, why don't you watch them and I'm going to go take off for the weekend you know, you have to have somebody who is certified to be the one to be with them, if I understood that correctly. Yes, if you, I mean, the rules vary from place to place. Um, right. If you're going to take off overnight on a trip, you do need right. to have um, some training, get clearance from caseworkers. But when it comes, at least in our county, during the time that we were foster parents, if we wanted to just have a babysitter, that was the foster parents' prerogative. That was, they didn't have to have any special training. So one verse that I was thinking of when I thought about foster care was James 1 27 that says, religion that God our father accepts as pure and faultless to look after orphans and widows in their distress. And I know that foster children are not orphans, but they are kind of parentless at that point when they're in the foster system, they don't have, there, there's obviously there's an issue that they can't, their parents are tied up with something, they're not going to be on their own. So in a way, it is. And, that, and that's something that we as believers um, need to be available to step in and have a heart to listen for the need. And I just think it's great that you guys have been available. And I hope that somebody is inspired through this to pursue and consider and um, take care of those children. 
But I think probably like so many things in life, the very best thing we can do is to pray for the foster children, to pray for the families that are going through it. And even the the families who are temporarily without their children, that um, the Lord will just work in those situations. And so why don't we do that? Why don't we pray for the foster families right now? So dear Lord, I thank you for this families that you have given us. I thank you for the model of families. And sometimes things are rough. Sometimes there's trouble, but your heart is for a family to be reconciled. And so, Lord, I pray for more foster families to be raised up, that families would accept these children and be all in, that they would accept them as their own, that they would love on them, and that they would show them your love. Lord, I just pray that you would equip families to to step up and be foster parents. In your name, amen. Now, Nancy, if anybody wanted to find you and follow you, where are they going to go? Um, Instagram is a good option. Um, if you want to go see my pictures of my kids um, <laughs> and pictures of food, I post a lot of pictures of food. Um, you can send me a direct message if you have any questions for me. Um, I'm at raising.my.hooligans on Instagram. It was good to talk to you and we'll talk to you later. Whatever is true Whatever is not